and welcome to On Mission, a new podcast from the Catholic Apostle Center. Today we are joined by Father Frank, Chris, Kate, and Tyler, and we're talking about how we can be on mission during the season of Lent. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'll be practicing the whole 40. Um, I think that's, you know, I think in this time we should, we should be practicing the whole 40. Um, that's just my thought. But I think for Lent, uh, yeah, Lent growing up, mom, mom as a Filipino American was very much, she was, okay, it's Lent now. And so we're not going to eat meat, you know, we're not going to eat meat on Fridays. My father was very much like, well, I, we never ate meat on Fridays anyway. So I don't, you know, what this didn't really, it didn't didn't necessarily connect for him for me lent was always okay so this is the time where we go to church a little more often uh we're, we're we're doing a lot more things at church there are these like stations of the cross thing that only pop up during lent um you know special days and for me particularly what i remember about lent as a child growing up is the veneration of the cross where you know you would you would go in on a um, good friday or and and you would line up and you would go to kiss the cross. And I did not want to do that because I thought that was, was a little odd. But mom, you know, she she'd, she said, oh, you don't have to kiss it. Just touch it. You can just touch it. And so that always for me was oh, Lent is time where we venerate, you know, we venerate the cross. Um, I enjoyed Lent growing up. And I grew up Anglican. For those of you that don't know, that's the Church of England. Um, and my mom put out a good deed jar. And I'm the oldest of four boys. So you're supposed to do good things. You're supposed to do good things. It's more of a focus on almsgiving. So each morning before we left for school, we would pick from the good deed jar. And it could be something as simple as, as an airplane passes by overhead, pray that it will land safely. Or you're in charge of doing the dishes after dinner. Or clean your brother's room so today. So it served also as a chore jar as well? Yes. Um, <laughs> dual purpose for my mother and the family. Um, but also charity to your brother, charity towards your parents charity towards strangers or people at school. Um, and we enjoyed that. My brothers and I was kind of became like a competition who could do the most good. Um, and then when we became Catholic, we kept the tradition of doing the good deed jar. Um, but we then also started focusing more on fasting, which was not present really much for our family in the Anglican Church, which was interesting, um, and going to confession during Lent more um, and focusing on the mercy of God more in that regard. I think Lent is very much like the high point of like your Catholicism growing up, right? I think it, it's where you really, even, even, you know, when you're, when you're younger, you, you kind of, Oh, this is, this is the high point, especially as it leads up to Easter. And you, you do make that connection of Lent and how it leads up to Easter in a time of preparation and, and a time of, 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 um, contemplation and am i am i ready to you know go into easter and and how it kind of you know there's a, a it kind of just like comes home to you it makes you really think about it and you're when you're not thinking about it um especially as a kid especially when you're in fifth or sixth grade and you're not necessarily thinking about it, you're just going through the motions but lent was a time where the parish really took a responsibility of this is important and we want to have you know these extra opportunities for you to come together as a community and to pray together um and i think that's where a lot of children kind of wake up mm -hmm. yeah i also remember 
um, the choir teacher every year would organize almost like a passion play mm. that would ha- that would we would perform um, again right right e- right either on Good Friday or right before and that also was very powerful. It had music. Everyone who was participating was just dressed in either simple black or white. You had the Christ figure. And it was everything from the garden to the scourging, all, all being acted out without words, just with music um, and with gestures. And I remember, again, that was as a child and as a young person, that just really brought something that's so deep, this mystery of the passion and death of Jesus Christ to life for me um, and really hit, hit close to home. Where it hit for me was when I was in high school because there was a parish youth group that started and uh, that we started to go on retreat right around the Lenten season. And those were very powerful experiences. Those retreats were really powerful experiences of Christ for me and the experience of that community. And so that I just connect that time with the Lenten season is right around this time or early March usually. And it was always right at that Lenten. And I felt then more prepared to be able to, to enter into the, the Lenten season. And Lent became not something that I just, uh, I don't like, but rather something I started to look forward to and say, oh, okay, this is when we're going to go away on this retreat. We're going to focus more on, on our life in Christ and build community more with one another and be able to, to go forward from there. And they were very powerful experiences. Yeah, we're talking about all these great traditions um, during Lent and Holy Week. And one that stands out to me when I particularly grasped sort of the meaning of Lent um, is the, the pilgrimage to the different churches on Holy Thursday after Mass um, to keep watch with Christ in the garden um, as his arresters are on their way. Um, I realized in my first, well, I was probably a sophomore in high school when I first did this, that we're supposed to do this all of Lent. We're supposed to keep watch with Christ and be with him in the desert when he's on his own for those 40 days. Um, and that brought new meaning to my future Lents, that we're with Christ in the desert each and every one of these 40 days. And um, all these practices and traditions we're doing as a way to sort of unify ourselves with with Christ and his suffering as he prepares to take on the weight of the world for us. Well, um, one funny thing, one funny anecdote I have that some people may not know is McDonald's sponsorship available, but McDonald's filet fish right? Um, it was created because they saw a slump in sales during the Lenten season, and they realized we don't have something for Catholics who are trying to abstain from eating meat on Fridays, or, or you know, in some cases, maybe through all of Lent. And so they, they filet of fish was created specifically so that Catholics could keep coming to McDonald's. And I always thought that was very interesting, because here you have this corporate monstrosity, you know, realize, and, and Catholics having such a huge impact, you know, and this happened a long, long time ago, obviously, where, you know, it was a different time, but such an impact on that, oh my gosh, we need to have something so that they keep coming in. And now, of course, everybody has a fish sandwich. And personally, I think it's, I like to try all of the fish sandwiches at the fast food places during Lent. Um, You know, we have fish fries, you know, 
local Knights of Columbus or local parish fish fries. Um, but I like to try the Burger King fish or the Arby's fish, and you know that's but, completely but those, unrelated. But but yeah. those companies still they they line it up with the season of Lent. Yeah. When they start advertising those fish sandwiches, it's not because it's some other time of year. Mm-hmm. It's they've they've got it lined up with this, and they'll they'll never say it, but. Yet it's tied up with with yeah. the whole season of Lent. It's, yeah. just it's amazing when when the Christians, impact. yeah, authentically witness to the faith, the impact that that has on the broader culture. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we talked a lot about concrete things that we do during Lent, um, and isn't our Holy Father? He very much focuses on concrete actions and being practical, and how we can improve um, each and every day by doing little practical things and focusing on little aspects of Christ. Um, yeah, um, in the message of Uh, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for this upcoming Lent. Uh, He says that Lent summons us and enables us to come back to the Lord wholeheartedly and in every aspect of our life. And so it's not just that we're giving up sweets or that we're dedicating ourselves to more prayer or reading of the scripture, but that we're rededicating our entire life every aspect of it to Christ and it's a time to, to really come back to the Lord um, and I know that was what you were talking about earlier Tyler just really joining Jesus in the desert and and thinking about that meditating on that throughout these weeks of Lent we're really looking at ourselves truthfully where, where are we mm-hmm. and and sometimes he talks about that as like being the the bitter medicine of truth you know that that mm. when we put that up against the teaching what are we doing and we put that up against teachings and he he puts prayer fasting and almsgiving he calls it a soothing remedy which i think is a, a fascinating way of looking at that people don't necessarily see particularly the the fasting part as a soothing remedy but really when you look at it even in secular culture how many people are doing these fasts and cleanses mm-hmm. and everything else in order to s- somehow remedy mm-hmm. some kind of illness that they're or or struggle or suffering that they're having or they're going about meditation in order to again soothe themselves or they go about doing service meanwhile we have a much richer tradition of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving that he pulls out in, in a way that's that's pretty pretty pointed, especially about the almsgiving piece and particularly the greed that mm-hmm. that fills people's hearts and and how to move beyond that, you know, care for our brothers and sisters. Lent almost feels like a time of New Year for me of of. New Year's resolutions, but in the spiritual sense. I know a lot of people at the beginning of a new year write out resolutions, goals. And I think for Catholics, Lent is a a really good time to reevaluate again. How much have we grown in the past year spiritually, mentally, physically, um, academically? So I know that it's always really helpful for me to come back and, and reflect on, am I on on the right track here. These things are also a means to an end. I mean, sometimes we kind of make them an end in themselves, but they're in his Lenten message, the Holy Father talks about it opening us to greater ability to love. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are, what are some of those practices, you know, Tyler, what, 
what are some of those practices like for you when you go about them, the, the traditional practices of Lent, prayer, fasting, almsgiving? Well, <clears throat> we shouldn't. I feel like we shouldn't be thinking that giving up something for Lent, like giving up sweets or anything like that, um, is directly tied to our salvation. We should have certain freedom in recognizing that each day there are infinite opportunities to give small sacrifices to the Lord, whether it's before you begin your work, offering the work day to the Lord, or um, if you want to grab a certain snack and lunches in an hour to to offer that to the Lord and for the, for the kingdom and try to make it to lunch for the next hour. Um, and th- I think that's, that's the way it should be. You should have a certain freedom in choosing to love um, and in choosing to pray a little bit more, fast a little bit more, um, and be the face of God's mercy to all those that we encounter. Well, I think um, you were talking about giving up snacks, and I've never really done that. But, I mean, I, I, I think, like, what, one of the things that is interesting to me is with the focus on giving up, and there was a, a lot of focus on, what are you giving up for Lent? And people not even Catholic or nominal, you know, who, who are all, all spectrums of all levels of the Catholic spectrum, right? They, they're very focused on, what are you giving up for Lent? Oh, isn't it time? It's Lent. You should be giving up something. And for a long time throughout college, I was very much like, well, I, I'm not going to give up anything. I'm going to do good things. I'm going to focus on what can I do? What can, how can I enrich my faith life? You know, and, and, and um, I don't know. Now it, it's an interesting. It's just to me that uh, you have those. The really people are focused. They think Lent is about giving up, and really in giving up, you are kind of you're doing good as well. I don't know. I, I, that was just my perspective on it. Yeah, I think it's it's a balance. I think, as Pope Francis also says, he says that fasting wakes us up, and so I do think that there's something about fasting, giving things up, whether that's food or alcohol or smoking or whether it's you know giving up complaining I've heard um, some friends who have done that things like that Um, I think that there is an important component to giving something up not just arbitrarily but really thinking is there something that I'm relying on that maybe has become my crutch instead of God or God's grace Um, something that if I do give up will remind me that my strength is in Christ. Um, You know, I think there is something that's very important in that. But I also think, as you said, Chris, that it's important to also do something. And that's why the the act of um, almsgiving and service that seems to ramp up during Lent is also really important. Um, I like to, to pray about, you know, what, how can I continue to grow spiritually this Lent? And so if I'm struggling to read scripture, if I'm struggling to spend five minutes of reflective prayer time with Christ each day, you know, if there's something that I've kind of fallen behind on or that I've always wanted to try, I, I use Lent as that almost like experimental period. You know, I, I never had grown up doing Lexio Divina, for example, spending about, you know, 10, 15 minutes on a passage of scripture and really diving into it. Uh, And I tried that a few years ago for Lent and just saw how scripture really came alive in a way that hadn't before. And so Lent can also be this sort of exciting time of of spiritual exploration. I don't think a lot of people 
think of Lent in that way, but just of, of maybe trying a different spiritual practice that we're unfamiliar with or just haven't really spent a lot of time with um, because the Catholic Church is just so rich in its traditions and in its spirituality and in the different charisms. And so if we use this time to, to learn more, a little bit more about something that we're unfamiliar with, I think that that just makes us uh, a stronger Catholic, um, a more prayerful Catholic, um, and a more just understanding Catholic. And that could require some practical sacrifices too, like maybe in order to delve into scripture for five to ten minutes each day, I need to give up five to ten minutes on Twitter, or maybe I need to get up five to ten minutes earlier each day. Um, and then in doing those small sacrifices, putting your phone down, getting up when your alarm clock goes off, that's another way to offer the sacrifice to God and be like, I'm with you, Jesus, in the desert. I'm here with you and you alone. I say goodbye to my phone and I focus on you. Um, I think that's those are great things to put hand in hand together. Something from when I was very young when, is that first, that gospel reading that we have on Ash Wednesday that in some ways flies in the face of what we do on Ash Wednesday. You know, wash your face, go in your upper room, don't let your let people know what you're doing if you give alms, all of this thing. And it kind of goes back to something my mother taught me at a very young, young age, is that if you do something, do something for someone else, or if you give up something or whatever, don't say it. Because what she she said she would always say is well you've just lost all the merit in that because you've just boasted about it, mm-hmm. and really in many ways I, I I that's really struck home to me that when we do something even to this day you know when we do something follow the gospel injunction to just no that's that's what I did for the Lord, and the Lord knows, and because I think sometimes people can get very proud about the things they gave up and. You know, oh, I've I've done this. Hashtags. <laughs> I've done this, Instagram. I've done candy. this really <laughs> spiritual thing, um, and and that that really starts to build up pride more than anything else. And does it really put us in that place before the Lord and reliance on the Lord and and that love of other people? Um, and and I think that's that's something that when I I think about Saint Vincent Pallotti, it's something that he was always about, he was always going about these different mortifications and he would throw ash on his food at times. And he would never had us as a community do any of these things, all the ascetical practices that he did. But really he was trying to remind himself of was all of these little things that we need to keep an eye on. And even if like little pieces of paper that he would collect and then he would give to the, to the, to the rag person that he would get a little bit of money and then be able to do something for the poor. You know, all these small things, and it kind of goes back to that rice bowl that I was talking about earlier with Catholic Relief Services. All those little things add up um, and ultimately remind us of, yeah, we are dust and we're going to go back to that. And... If we repent and we believe in the gospel well and live the gospel message, then that means going forward with that, that future in mind. That, and he was, he was always reminding himself you know, about that. And that's, that, I think, is, has been something that has struck me over the years as I've, uh, as I've looked at 
his life and, and tried to fall out as one of his sons. And St. Vincent Plotty didn't just limit those practices to Lent, right? He did that no, all he did, the No, he did that throughout the year, um, which was a, a pretty common thing, uh, but not for a diocesan priest. Most of his life he was a diocesan priest, and they weren't necessarily common for diocese. It was, it was common for certain religious communities that, that took on greater penances, but diocesan priests didn't tend to do that on a regular basis. But he did because he... He saw the need that he was, if he was going to ask other people to do, do things, then he needed to be working on his own personal holiness. Wow. So it sounds like St. Vincent Pilate is a great model of sort of us seeking to try to purify our intentions, which is what we're trying to do during Lent, what we had mentioned earlier. Um, so we should look to St. Vincent as we try to purify our intentions. Mm-hmm. You can uh, you can actually learn more about St. Vincent Pilate on uh, the Catholic Apostle Center's website. If you just go there and click on the Pilate portal, um, and we'll be talking about St. Vincent um, throughout all of our podcasts, but yeah, um, you can always learn more about him online. Uh, and there's also uh, specific Latin resources in the spirit of St. Vincent Pilate. Uh, there's, I believe there's a Stations of the Cross um, that is... Um, reflective of the Palatine spirituality. So you can you can walk with Christ um, up the hill to Calvary in the spirit of St. Vincent Pilate. So one of the things we also want to talk about is how do we, um, the name the name of this venture is On Mission, how do we stay on mission during Lent? How do we, what are we doing today um, either the, through the four of us or what suggestions might we have? Um, how do we stay on mission? How do we keep um, thinking about these things throughout Lent? Well, I think that the Lenten journey continues into the liturgical year. And that's a big temptation for a lot of us as Catholics is to say, well, look at this, I gave up sweets for this time of Lent, or I, you know, didn't watch TV, or I was off social media, but now that's over, let's get back to business as usual. Um, But Lent should really be, I think, a time of transfiguration. It should be a time that transforms us and that makes, that results in us looking different after our Lenten journey. We go to the desert with Christ and then experience the joy of the resurrection, which we celebrate until Pentecost as a church. Um, But that celebration and those lessons that we learn throughout our Lenten journey should carry us through the rest of the liturgical year. They shouldn't just stop, you know, well, it's not Lent anymore, so I'm never going to abstain from meat or give up this sacrifice. It's, it's carrying out the prayer, fasting, and almsgiving in smaller, maybe quieter ways, but still in, in, with intentionality as we emerge from the Lenten season. I think the three practices of, of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving really can align somebody to be a missionary disciple, be an apostle, to go out, because it's meant to go outward. It's not just simply going inward. It's outward to, in prayer, outward to God and our conversation with God. In fasting, it's not just simply thinking about what I'm giving up, but how that is going to remind me of God, but also of neighbor. And, and taking that and focusing on neighbor, and particularly almsgiving. I mean, that really moves us outward in terms of not just simply 
money, but also our time and the talent that we have. How can we give that to other people? How can we show love, which was really Pope Francis's focus on in his message? How can this help us to love more fully? Show Christ's love, which is at the core of the gospel. The word became flesh, but out of love for us, out of love for humanity. So now, how do we go out and do that? And, and those practices really prepare us to be able to do that and, and to remind us day after day after day, not just during Lent, but, but afterward, how to, how to go outward. I would say that Lent is a time to um, be cognizant of the fact that folks are paying attention and there's an opportunity um, to evangelize and Lent is, is um, the, the perfect opportunity because people are uh, folks that are either not Catholic or folks that are Catholic but are, want to learn more. They, they have questions. They, wanna, they are asking, why are you doing this? Or what is that ash on your head? Or, you know, these are opportunities to evangelize um, to, so I think, you know, my suggestion for staying on mission is to take the opportunity to educate and to, um, to, to dive into resources wherever they might be available, to learn more about what, why am I doing these things, so that you can answer those questions with a, an air of authority um, and, you know, that you're giving them the right information or pointing them in the right direction where they could learn more. Uh, don't give, you know, don't, don't, just, uh, don't just say, I don't know, um, because that's the opportunity where you have to possibly, you know, change someone's life, point them in the right direction. And isn't Ash Wednesday one of the most highly attended services of the mm-hmm. entire year? Yeah. So that yeah. just that just shows that our, our culture, both Christian and secular, is is hungry for some sort of change, some sort of meaning to their life. And and Lent is a great way to give our, our lives meaning and give our everyday actions meaning and give our sacrifices meaning. Um, so, yeah, Chris, like you said, to, to find people who are searching um, and to, to accompany them along the journey of Lent and then to c- continue to accompany them once Easter arrives and, and we move on with, with the rest of the liturgical year. Especially since Ash Wednesday isn't even a holy day of obligation. I think that, again, just shows that hunger. And I think if we use a day like Ash, Ash Wednesday to really invite those who, who may have, have just step, stumbled into to church that day because they felt the need to, because it reminded them maybe of something from their childhood. I think inviting them to more services, to the way the Stations of the Cross, to an Easter Sunday Mass. So like you were saying, Tyler, accompanying them throughout the Lenten journey and really using Ash Wednesday as a starting point for a lot of, a, a lot of folks. Well, I like let down. <laughs> uh, it is it's something that uh, I still I still I still maybe don't want to venerate them. <laughs> <laughs> you can still touch. I can still touch, right? It's okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can still attend. No, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. And I I, I think that for for me, uh, Lent has really become an opportunity to to take stock. Mm-hmm. And, and each year, I look forward to the opportunity, and I think that's the gift of the liturgical year that the church gives us is that it's not one and done. It's every year we're, and the wisdom of the church in a liturgical year of every year we have this time and leading us to, to Easter hope that it's not just, it's not it's meant to be a sad time. 
think sometimes people think it's Lent's a sad time. I don't, I don't see it as a sad time. I think it's the, the word itself means spring, mm. new life. Mm. Uh, in, the, 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 in the English, you know, Lent to me is, is actually spring. And so that's, a, that's a, um, a wonderful thought, that here's some new life that's growing up by the time we get to Easter. Absolutely. I hadn't heard that before. I think that's beautiful. And um, again, Pope Francis said that God constantly gives us a chance to begin loving anew. And I think that Lent is a beautiful invitation to do that in a more wholehearted and intentional way. I just think it's very interesting that Lent and Advent share the same liturgical color in some, of course, of course, you know, slightly slight variations, but when you think about it, you know, two very different end results. Um, well, not really different, but two different um, ways of thinking about the season. Advent is a preparation, and, and we're excited. And, and Lent, you know, even though it's not meant to be a sad time, it's, it is. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a time for you to take stock. It's a contemplative uh, state, but yet the end result is the same. You know, it's a joyous celebration, and uh, I think it's interesting. I don't, I don't think there's anything lost on the fact that they're both purple. You know, they're both violet and purple. The colors are very similar. Well, and, and they both lead us to the two central mysteries of our faith, the incarnation and then the passion and resurrection of Christ. And so those mysteries are so big that I think, we need more than just a Sunday Mass, you know, to celebrate and contemplate this. As human beings, we could spend our entire lives contemplating these mysteries. And so I think in her wisdom, Mother Church invites us on these, this, these journeys of Advent and Lent to really enter into the mystery. Yeah, to strengthen ourselves. We think sometimes during Lent, if I, if I pray more, I'm giving up my time. If I fast more, I'm I'm giving up uh, hunger. If I almsgiving more, I'm giving up my my wealth, my money, and those things might seem to weaken us. But Lent is a time of strengthening ourselves, our strengthening our souls, so that when we do get to this wonderful mystery, the resurrection, that we are fully prepared and and ready to enter into that mystery. Um, of course, we encourage you to uh, continue to uh, share and rate our podcast, um, share with your friends, um, your family members, and your priests, um, and encourage them to visit uh, the Catholic Apostolate Center's website at catholicapostolatecenter.org, and we look forward to being on mission with you next time. Mm-hmm. And feel free to share some of your Lenten experience as well, what has really been transformative for your journey of faith, what has really been powerful for you. Um, Be sure to comment and share those experiences so that we can also learn from you as we all walk towards the hope of Easter Sunday together. Thanks again for listening to On Mission, a new podcast from the Catholic Apostle Center. Please be sure to like, review, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And for more information on these and other topics, visit us online at www.catholicapostlecenter.org.